Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. We're glad to have you, and it's been a bleak time here in America. And this week, they say, could be the deadliest week of all. We are seeing what's happened in the progression of people who have the disease, who've moved in, those who are not responding well, are moving into the death cycle we've been warned by our president that maybe go up to our the deaths from covid 19 may go up to a hundred thousand even up to two hundred and forty thousand people that's why we are in a nationwide uh lockdown almost uh somebody wants a national lockdown and president trump's letting the governors decide but this is something that we have never experienced before as a nation not in my lifetime, not in anybody's lifetime when the, the world is in globalization. We, we, they refer back to the 1918 Spanish flu. Uh, but the Wuhan uh, virus here has really taken the world by storm. And what Doc Holliday is going to do this week, what we want to do is take a look at hope amid COVID-19 and a razor-sharp fear within a fear. Now, what does that mean? Well, you know what hope means. America needs some hope. We're going to talk about some hope in just a couple minutes. But there's also this line, a razor-sharp fear within a fear. There is fear in America. There is fear, uncertainty. Look at the stock market. Look at the ups and downs. And do we are in a bear market. Does it bear down on everyone more and more? As people see uh, their 401ks and investments that they've worked on for years and decades seem to melt away, does it just keep bearing down on uh, Americans everywhere? Is that a part of an uncertainty that yields more fear? Well, uh, we've got the CARES Act, the uh, Paycheck Protection Plan. Do you know about that? We're going to talk about that all in just a minute, but... Let me just remind you, we are living in America in unprecedented times. And there is hope because we are Americans. America was built on faith. America was built with geniuses who came together. They won the Revolutionary War. They got their freedom. They got our freedom. And we've talked about that before in past shows. I remember when I went to Surrender Field in Virginia there is where Cornwallis refused to go meet Washington. He sent one of his, uh, uh, somebody underneath him, and Washington wouldn't accept the sword because he knew Cornwallis should have manned up and been there. 
But at Surrender Field, that's when we became truly free. It wasn't the piece of paper. Anybody can sign a piece of paper, the Declaration of Independence, as great as it was. But it was at Surrender Field in Virginia where we got our independence from Great Britain because of the men who fought in a Revolutionary War and the men and women of that age, of that time, in the 1770s, up to in the early part of 1780s. They stood up and were counted for the ages. Now, is the COVID-19, the coronavirus crisis, like the American Revolutionary War? No, it is not. But it is a challenge to this generation and we're a part of it, can we work together in these next two to three weeks through the month of April if everyone does their part in staying home, staying away from groups, and keeping the infection from building up and growing, helping the doctors and the nurses and the truckers getting the food, if we all work together hard by doing nothing, and that's so hard for Americans to do, we want to go to work. You want to go to work. But it is our time to rest at home. You be on the computers, write books, write songs, do your work. A lot of people can do work thanks to technology by being at home. People are having to learn how to homeschool <laughs> children. <laughs> it's tough. They say, we can't go to the park. You can't get out. You can't do this. can't do that. And you need to do your schoolwork by Zoom or by video. So it is a challenging time. But we're not at war with another country. We don't send our men and women in the military out in war at this point. The war is against a virus that we can't see, an invisible enemy. And that's why... We're seeing some things happen in America where we ought to be pulling together in the news media. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. It seems to want to cause sensationalism. Every time President Trump has a press conference, they, they have questions. They want to try to trip him up and see if he can say just one little thing. Awkward. And, man, it'll go to the front page everywhere. But listen, that's not an America that won World War II. That's not an America that won the Revolutionary War. It's going to take some time working together. And that includes our politicians. People can't put it aside and work together. People like Nancy Pelosi wants to come up with some kind of progressive agenda instead of helping the American people when it's time to count. And now it's time to count. These times are very important. And that's why it's up to you and me and influencing others all across the country from the West Coast to the East Coast to Alaska, Hawaii, all the territories that's worked together to defeat this virus because at the end of April, and hopefully even before then, we can start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. How are we going to get back to work? Well, let me tell you right now, this is how we're going to get back to work. We're going to see the infection curve flatten, and that's where we don't know when. It looks like we may be starting to see New York peaking. Will other cities take the place of New York? We don't know at this time. But stay social distancing. Stay apart. Because if we can knock this curve down toward the end of April, 
And what's happening is we are knocking the curve down by doing nothing, by staying at home, by working. When I say nothing, be creative. And, and write poems. Write plays. Read them out to your children. Read the Bible. Mike Lindell went to the White House and got pillared by the press because he said, America, your families, read the Bible. That's no reason to pillar a guy. The press went crazy on him. My pillows, Mike Lindell said, you know, when you're at home, America, open a Bible and read it. What good advice. I mean, even if you don't want to read it as a uh, book of God's Word, even if you don't want to look at that, there's so much in American history and literature and politics, everything from speeches by Abraham Lincoln to George Washington to Barack Obama that deals with biblical scriptures. So read it. It's for American history. But listen, getting back to what we have to do to get to work. The scientific community is working hard on a cure, on a combination of drugs that may help defeat this. We will get a cure? Probably not. We know that would be, that'd be a miracle from God. That's what it would be. I think Donald Trump said something like the same thing. That would be a miracle from God Almighty. If we got a cure and zapped it right in spot. Americans, you know, we can't do that. Our scientists may be able to. So pray for them. But it'd be a cure, from, a miracle cure from God Almighty if we got that. But they're looking at drugs like the hydrochloroquine that's been talked about by President Trump and was ridiculed by so many. But more and more doctors are using the hydrochloroquine, and we're seeing them. Hopefully, some studies will be coming in even this week as we're talking. The important thing about getting back to work, you want to feel safe. Americans want to get back to work, but they don't want to go back in an uncertain environment. So what the scientific community is doing, private industry, is putting together tests. We need more tests, maybe even quicker tests, where you can get tested before you go back to work so they'll know if you got the virus or not, or the antibodies, meaning you, you had it and didn't know it. A lot of people who had it didn't know they have it, and they can get an antibody test to check and see. And if they are, that means they, they hopefully be immune to it. These are the things that are happening on a scientific end as we flatten the curve by staying at home. If the science will come together and the production teams in our factories, in our scientific community, and the, the different uh, private industries, that they can put out these test kits, not by hundreds of thousands, but by millions and tens of millions by the end of the month. Can they gear up their production? That's what we're running against. If we can start getting test kits that are easy to use and quick, then we will be getting closer to working. And there's another thing. The president talked about it. Let me play that right now. Take a listen to this, what President Trump had to say about some new guidelines now. And today also the CDC is announcing additional steps Americans can take to defend against the transmission of the virus. From recent studies, we know that the transmission from individuals without symptoms is playing a more significant role in the spread of the virus than previously understood. So you don't seem to have symptoms and it still gets transferred. In light of these studies, the CDC is advising the use of non-medical cloth face covering 
as an additional voluntary public health measure. So it's voluntary. You don't have to do it. They suggest it for a period of time. But uh, this is voluntary. Well, you heard President Trump, and it is voluntary. But I talked about getting back to work. We will have tests that are readily available. we got to have that, and I think the scientific community will be coming up with that. And then you got to feel safe. So they're saying now you can wear masks. I think one of the things I think many people thought we should have been wearing masks to begin with, there just weren't enough masks around. And they're telling people how to make masks. So they're telling not to use the N95 mask for medical grade, but to make your mask. And there's in all kind of ways. You can go just Google making your mask. And there's all kind of people show you how to make masks, a homemade mask. And they keep the droplets of people speaking and talking the, the invisible droplets that have the virus in it that may fall on your face, but the mask will help keep that off your skin. You still go back to normal. We may never go back to what it was before, but for a fir- first few weeks, months, as soon as we can get to work, we need to get to work. And I think the economy will rebound with a burst of hope and cheer, but we got to do it quickly. And I, I, I'm saying at the end of the month or even before the flattening recurves and the science brings in the ability to do that, I think we'll see a surge in the economy. I think Wall Street will go crazy if they say, wow, look, we can get back work sooner than we thought. But it will come with people wearing masks, not shaking hands, keeping social distancing and being able to be tested to know that at this workplace it is safe. And it's safe to go and come on buses and mass transit. And those are the areas that are tough to do social distancing, say getting on the subway in New York or Washington, D.C., and federal workers getting to work again. I can tell you, I know a federal worker that had to go in last week. He said they sent, it's like a presidential uh, suite. Uh, They sent the entire uh, train, subway train. He's the only one on the train. Had to go in and get a computer that it, a laptop had crashed and had to go back in and get a computer to keep working. He had the whole city to himself, he said. He had a, and, the, and the thing, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., the metro, not the cleanest place, and the cars, I just, I wish they could do a better job cleaning them up. Well, so what? They hadn't had anything to do. No people hardly riding. They've been cleaning up the subway cars in, in Washington, D.C., I'd love to go up there and ride one just to see how clean they are. Maybe we'll get to one of these days. But listen, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have you new listeners. We're talking about some hope. And not hope and change that we never got when Barack Obama was elected in 2008. We're talking about real hope. And we are talking about some change in America, wearing a face mask, getting tested before you go back to work, social distancing, you're not even uh, not even a fist bump or an elbow bump, but just just a, a nod. We may be doing some kind of a, a Trump bow, who knows, or a inauguration, Donald Trump. I did a Trump bump. That's where you do the fist bump, stick the thumb up. That's the Trump bump. So... Uh, we may be doing some newer things, and, and we'll, what we're finding out, look at all the people homeschooling now. Look at all the people working from home. So th- so this is something, and people ordering from Amazon, people ordering from home. 
And so Americans are being pushed indoors for a, more than a month because we've already been in a couple of weeks, and now we've got at least another month to go. But Easter's in the middle of April. Could it be that right after Easter we could see a surge in, in hope and thinking we're going to get back to work pretty soon, that we can start seeing the curves flatten out? That's the secret. We see the curves flatten out, knowing that we got more, just like they said, they learned more about the virus. We sure didn't learn anything from the Chinese, did we? And I won't get into that in this show, but man, did they ever lie to us? Wow, did they ever lie to us. So uh, the thing I want to tell you on this second half of the show, I said we talked about hope. We've talked about the hope, what we see, how we get back to work, hopefully sooner than later. But amid the hope, there is a razor-sharp fear within a fear. Now, what does that mean? We know there's fear. There's uncertainty across the country. I mean, you see it in the stock market, you see it in people's eyes. But there is a razor-sharp fear within the fear. Now, where is that fear coming from? Do you know what I'm talking about? Don't have a clue? Or do you? There is a razor-sharp fear going on within the progressive communities within the elite democratic party and slash um, news media mainstream media they are a lapdog for the democratic party we've seen it it's even more so now even more so it, it is. I've said it before on a show like uh, Charles Pickens first sentence in the tale of two city it was it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You can watch a Fox News cast turn around on NBC, ABC, CNBC, uh, MSNBC, and CNN. All these, and and you think, what planet are they living on? We're on two different planets. But you can see the sensationalism of driving the crisis. It's like they want to drive the crisis. And why? Well, you should usually want to get a viewership but cnn they're getting less than a million viewers on most of the shows and then they came out and said uh, some of them were talking about these talking heads on these uh, liberal shows mainstream liberal shows some of them were saying they should stop covering the president's press conferences each day his coronavirus uh, update why would they say that because he's giving out information and he's looking like a wartime leader. He's looking Churchillian. Churchill was not an American, but we know what he did in World War II in rallying the troops, in rallying a nation. And Donald Trump is rallying a nation. And they hate it. There is that razor-sharp hate like somebody seeing a new car and taking a razor blade and stretching up the paint out of pure meanness out of envy if there's anything i could see in the press they envy president trump uh, his ability to speak to the people now what i mean by that well let's just i played a little clip of president trump and that was a uh, part of the press conference let me play this couple minute clip right here of president trump speaking uh, just last week at uh, is everyday press conference he had kevin mccarthy come in and say something but look how he's in complete control eight million people are watching 
and less than a million are watching CNN. So why would they be envious? Just why would they be envious? Well, let me play a clip from President Trump just as he started a news conference with uh, Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to play a little clip just to, just because I feel like doing it a few seconds to get it riled up. Take it and listen to a little, a little clip from ACDC, and then it'll be President Trump. And uh, he's done a fantastic job for the people of California. And also, the people of California have done a fantastic job. When you look at the, uh, at the bump, you take a look at the bump and how they're doing out there. So I congratulate everybody out there. But I thought I'd have Kevin say a few words. So, Kevin, please. Well, thank you, Mr. President. And uh, I would like to thank you on base of California. Governor Newsom says, the work that you're doing together has been working very closely. It's been effective in California as well, the Vice President and the President. You know, today, Mr. President, I want to thank you especially for um, the work that Secretary Mnuchin has done, especially for small businesses. Just today alone, I saw Bank of America had more than 10,000 loans in two hours. And for anybody who's in small business, I had first small business when I was 20 years old. You don't have income coming in right now. You get a loan, but for your rent, paying your employees and paying your utilities is a grant. That's part of the CARES Act. And I think you're going to find that a lot of small businesses are going to hire people back, keep them afloat through the next two months, and get this economy moving again as we get through this virus. So I just want to thank you for all that work. Thank you. Great job you're doing. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You go ahead. I'll talk to you later. All right. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. And I want to start by saying that our hearts go out to the people of New York as they bear the brunt of the coronavirus pandemic in America. That seems to be the hot spot right now. But you have some others, as you know, that are very, very bad, very bad. Louisiana is getting hit very hard. Parts of Michigan are getting hit very, very hard. New Jersey is, uh, is uh, surprisingly, it's much greater than anybody would have thought. They're doing a really good job. Governor's doing a really good job out there. Uh, New York's first responders, EMTs, doctors, nurses are showing incredible courage under pressure. They're the best in the world. We uh, will take every action and we'll spare no resource, financial, medical, scientific. We will not spare anything. We'll Get it back into shape. The Empire State, the governor's doing an excellent job. They're all working very hard together. I, at the request of the governor, as you know, uh, the Javits Center, we have 2,500 beds, and we're going to allow that to be a, uh, a system where this horrible disease can be uh, looked after, the patients can be looked after. That was going to be for regular medical problems, such as accidents. And, you know, it's very interesting. The governor's telling me we don't have too many accidents and very few people driving. So we're going to uh, put that facility into play, which is a big facility. Uh, the ship will be staying the way it is, but we're putting that facility into play to help them. Could Trump even get New York on his side? Governor Cuomo just hammers him over and over. But this is what is going on. There's an undercurrent. You know, 
when you go out in the ocean and the waves are going and you look and then you pull down the shore some and there's an undercurrent going on. But beyond the talking heads, people who watch CNN, MSNBC over and over, they're in the hundreds of thousands. We've got 330 million people in America and a few hundred thousand watching these liberal shows. What is really where the rubber meets the road? Let me tell you, there, I have a friend, believe me, I, I got a lot of friends that are not conservative. Young man, a young gentleman that I helped some. A year ago, he was just out of prison. And uh, he's had jobs and working hard, trying to learn to get his life back together. And then he gets laid off. And man, I mean, that, that's tough with the coronavirus. But with the CARES Act, what they passed last week, they had the, the Paycheck Protection Plan. They got, with the unemployment, they get, in the state of Mississippi, they don't get about $283 a week. But now they get $600 tacked onto that. Let me tell you, in some places like Mississippi, that's 600 plus to 283 that's more money than a lot of workers in Mississippi were making anyway per week. Now, it's not going to be forever. And here a couple months that until uh, we get back to work. But he said, and, and he, he's voted Democrat, always you know, joking about how black people don't like Donald Trump. I mean, we've talked and laughed, and I don't try to convince him of anything. We're just friends. I, I, I like to have friends, and, and we understand each other. And the thing is, I I couldn't believe it. We were just talking. He just got back unemployment check and seen what he would have. And he was able to go out and get groceries on two people's tables, two different families. He said, Ed, you don't understand. All my life I've been told Republicans don't care for us. They don't like us. He said, I don't know if Donald Trump as a Republican or a Democrat, but I know Donald Trump is somebody who wants to help the working man. Man, Republicans have been trying to say that for years. Nobody will listen. And I'm telling you, my friend said, Ed, if Donald Trump, when he runs for re-election, if we get this economy turned around, I get my job again. But the fact that he's helping me put food on my table and helping me feed my family, he said, he understands me. He cares for the little man. I'm the little man that's been forgotten, and he cares for me. He said, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Wow. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. Listen, I've never heard that before. In the voice, in his confidence. And that made me think this undertow. All the talking heads on CNN and CNBC and MSNBC, NBC, ABC, all of those. They aren't getting to the heart of like someone who makes sure and signed in the law and putting together with his secretary Moochin and putting together a plan for the workers of America to keep going, to be able to pay their bills, to put food on the table and let their children know it's okay. We got this. 
we got food, we got hope, and we're going to be ready to work hard when America opens its doors to work for the little people to get out there and get their jobs and make money and support their families and people like my friend who was in prison just a year ago, and now he sees hope in life. He Even with all this stock market crashing, he said, Ed, all my life I lived crisis to crisis, and now if I can just get stabilized and with this unemployment check and I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get through this hard time. I'm ready to work. And as soon as they open the doors, of that factory, I'm getting back to work. And this is something I never expected. And president Trump is leading the charge. Wow. How many people are thinking the same way? Black, white, yellow, green, blue, purple polka dot like skin color doesn't matter if somebody make sure you that you can put food on your table and look at like a provider for children who need hope and stability now wow that's churchillian leadership we got an american president who is acting so presidential and people for three years have been saying he's not presidential and they tried to impeach him. They look like blooming idiots now. Blooming idiots. And I think the blooms are going to just get bigger and bigger for the petals fall off and cry because they are so wrong when it comes to President Trump. We have hope in America and that fear within the fear is growing the big picture fear is being punctured by a president who knows what he's doing and he's in control of this economy we just got to flatten the flat help flatten the curve and and bring up new testing get the face mask get the production what we need to feel safe and get back to work there's hope in america because we got a wartime president named Donald J. Trump who's getting the job done. God bless you. God bless America. God bless Donald J. Trump and give him wisdom and discernment. And let's pray for America. How about that? See you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.